We have been having such a blast with the Makers in Minnesota dinners that we've been having at the Lexington, we've decided to change up the format a bit and have a spring cocktail party. That way, more people will be able to experience all of the great makers that we get to talk to. We're going to be having Prize Brewing, Vicre Distilling, Wild State Cider, Dash Fire, Crooked Water Spirits, Redlocks Whiskey, Lovejoy's Bloody Mary Mix, Denord Craft Spirits, Edina Roastery, J. Carver Distilling, Sweet Haven Tonic, Tattersall, Sherub Shrubs, Muddle and Mint, and Popped Corn, Salad Girl, Patty Spice Nuts, The Salsa Collaborative, and Tiarina Spices, all there at the Lexington during this cocktail party so that you can taste all of the unique Minnesota-made products that we have to offer. We'll be doing sample sizes of cocktails and sample sizes of canned cocktails, and we've got some great bites for you there. We're going to be at the Lexington. You can get tickets. They're $40 a person, and it's at thelexmn.com to order. And we will have all of the makers with us that night. All of the floors of the Lexington will be open, so you'll be having a multi-dimensional experience at each of the different floors and be moving through the space, trying lots of new Makers products and old Makers products that you know and love. It's the Makers of Minnesota Cocktail Party. Hurry and get your tickets, because when they're gone, they're gone. But we anticipate that this is going to be a sellout. We are really looking forward to hosting you. The cocktail party is going to be April 26th. It's a Tuesday night, and we will have doors open at 6 o'clock, and we will host you until 9. It's the Makers of Minnesota Spring Cocktail Party. I'll be there. All of the makers that I've mentioned will be there, and we can't wait to meet you. everybody and welcome to the Makers of Minnesota podcast. I'm Stephanie Hansen. I love to talk to cool people doing cool things. And because I love food, I like to talk to food people. And I'm here today with Ken Velke. And Ken is a food person for sure. He has dueling grandma's shortbreads. And Ken, I think I first found out about you last fall when you were just kind of getting started. Somehow, your shortbread landed in my mouth and I couldn't like get my eyes off it. Those millionaire shortbreads that you make are fantastic. Welcome to the program. Thank you very much. Glad to be here. Yeah. So give us the story because I know it's your grandma's story, but I want to know how you get started. Well, I'll I'll, I'll kind of go back a little bit from this, a little bit back, but uh, a, a lifetime ago, I had a little catering business with uh, two college buddies of mine. And that was back when, when I was in my 20s. And it was a beautiful thing. We started organic. We grew slowly. One thing led to another. We ended up, uh, outgrew our facilities, and we needed to get a bigger space. Well, an opportunity, we're looking, an opportunity came about to buy a restaurant. So we raised some more capital and got the restaurant. Long story short, that was the wrong decision. Oh. It, uh, it killed the business. The restaurant sucked, was a, was a money pit, sucked everything yeah. dry. But we survived for a little bit. The catering business ended up fading away, and the restaurant went, ended up fading away, and it also faded away the financial opportunities to do this again. Yep. But it was the greatest job I had ever had at that point. And the day I left that that job was the day I wanted to do it again. But life moved on, you know, got married, had kids, mortgage, you know, wandered through. But I always burning inside me was all I ever wanted to do professionally was have my little own little food business. So it kept lingering and lingering. And 
I've had this idea for probably now, 15 years ago is when it first came into fruition in my head. Sure. Been making my grandmother's shortbread forever. It's been in the family forever. And uh, my mother-in-law gave me a recipe for millionaire shortbread. It would have been sacrilegious of me not to use Grandma McKenzie's shortbread as the base for it. So I started making these and I'd hand them out to, you know, give them to as gifts and bring them to family functions and and that type of thing. And they were always well received. And it was like, you know, it's like people would comment, you could sell these things. And it's like, yeah, you could. And so with that, the, you know, I thought well, I had Grandma McKenzie's recipe and I had Grandma McIntyre, my mother-in-law, with the two with her recipe there. And that kind of one day kind of dueling grandmas just popped in my head for a name. I liked it. It made me smile. So I presented the name to a few other people. My wife's in the advertising game and so creative people there and they loved it. Sure. But I just never did anything with it because I didn't have the opportunity to. I was kept waiting for that, that moment when I can, you know, when finances in the family would be stable and I could go ahead and and pursue my dream because I just it's all I've ever wanted to do, but it just kept being on the back burner and I have to turn it up and then turn it back down. And, and so in October of 2020, my niece got married and we're talking before the marriage. And it was actually happened to be one of those like three week windows where you could actually get married during the COVID season. Right. The timing right. was perfect by luck. But and, and we're sitting at a, a, a family dinner and we're talking about the wedding and stuff and, and the wedding cake gets mentioned. And, and uh, she goes, well, I wasn't going to bring it up, but we're not going to have a wedding cake. What, what we were wondering is, could you make your millionaire shortbreads? So I, of course I can make it. So I made 140 millionaire shortbreads for uh, Isabella and Mike. And that was in October of 2020. And I always kind of, you know, it was kind of, it was pushing me further. And that was kind of like the kick I needed. And I just said, you know what? The right time is never going to happen. It won't happen. And if I don't do this, I'll, I'll literally go to my grave disappointed in myself because I, I have to go out and try it. So November 1st, 2020, it's no longer, I was now unemployed and, and doing, doing grandma's full time. I had, no customers, no kitchen, uh, no website, but I knew I had to do it. And I had a passion and I had, I knew, a pro- I, knew I had, knew I had a product that, that would do well. So, and I also knew, I knew myself well enough that I, if I were to sit down and write down everything I needed to take care of, you know, you know, have to do this and, you know, all the legal stuff and all this kitchen stuff and all this it would become overwhelming and I wouldn't I'd be bogged down by it and I wouldn't do it. So I just said, just do it. You'll figure it out. And you'll, and I knew I had to do it at that point in time too, because it's, it's, there is a seasonality with shortbread and Christmas was right around the corner. And so I wanted to get out. I wanted to, I was toying with the idea of just making gift boxes for friends. And then I said, just, let's just do it all. And, uh, made a couple, you know, called, called a bunch of people, got a couple corporate orders put together. I had a, a, an initial goal that I wanted to hit for that, that first, you know, first two months and I hit it and it's just like, okay, we can, 
create a little business out of this. Let's let's keep going. Let's figure it out. And I think and did I I think I I think I had your shortbreads on. Was it Jason show? I might have. Yeah, yeah. I really yeah, you that was your your godsend. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sounds like I helped launch you because you weren't in business very long when that no, happened. No, no, that was in it was February twenty one when when Minnesota Makers did a little segment on the Jason show and uh Jason loved him, which is a beautiful thing. And he looked he into did. the camera and told his his audience to buy them, and then the next morning. He went on his radio program and opened the radio program with Dueling Grandmas. And in 48 hours, I did more business in 48 hours than I had done the previous four months. Oh, that's it so was, nice. It was, it blew my doors off, but it was, I mean, it was, it was hard, but, yeah. but it was wonderful. But it was also just getting, you know, I just need to get the name out there and get the, get the product out there. Yeah. I going. love I love your story because like I knew there's very few people that know they're supposed to do something and just have that like burning desire and that just clear path to what they're supposed to do. Most people want to have that and they never get it. So I loved that you went down that road. It didn't work out, but you knew that was a road you needed to keep moving down I felt like that with, you know, radio and broadcasting. And I just knew I needed to be talking for a living. I just knew it. (laughs) And I didn't know how or why or when. I just knew it. And I just kept always putting myself in front of those opportunities. It's, uh, It's interesting to hear you talk about, particularly when it pertains to a food business, all the reasons why you shouldn't. Because let's face it, there are a lot of obstacles. Oh, yeah. It's it's not an easy it's not an easy business and it hasn't been you know I, I'm a year and a half into it now. Uh, it, I, there's no way I can say it's been easy, but it's been wonderful. It is the best decision I've ever made. It's the best job I've ever had. Uh, I don't know where the future is going to be, but I know I'm going to be doing it because because I'm going to figure it out. And, uh, and there's just, it's too, there's too many good things about it that I, that there's no way I can let go now. What do you think has been the biggest obstacle so far? Well, I always kind of knew because I, I went into this as it's the primary focus is shortbread gift boxes, mail order, shipping. Uh, I know the product is a specialty product. It's not it's, you know, it's not like buying an Oreo cookie. Uh, it, it's so the, 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 one of the biggest struggles is just simply getting name recognition, getting out there, getting people to, to, to know who I am. Once they taste the product, which is the best marketing tool I have is then they'll order the product. So it's just a long road to hoe, but I'm willing to, to just doing whatever I need to do to get the name out there and get the people to try it. And to my benefit, or to one of the things that's helping me is that I've put myself in a financial position where I'm the ultimate small business. I'm a one-man operation. I wash the dishes. 
I do the marketing plans. I do research and development. I do order fulfillment and shipping. I wear every single hat. But I also knew going going into it because when I was when I was playing with the idea of okay, I have to do something. I don't have the finances to buy a restaurant. I right. want to be in the food game, but I but what can I do? And so this concept, I knew I could create as a small concept, or at least initially small, and be able to manage it and handle it. And so that's I've put myself in that position to go. And so, and I'm willing to do it. I mean, there's there's some long days, but and I work harder than some 25 year olds do. <laughs> but that's okay because to me, it's not work. I'm doing what I love. That's not work. That's that's just waking up and taking care of stuff. That's just that's that's wonderful. What part of it do you specifically love? Do you love the baking? I, I love the kitchen. I've always loved the kitchen. And I do know as I get bigger, that's one of the first things I'm going to have to give up is the time spent in the kitchen. But I'll always have R&D, which is, uh, so I'll, I'll always be in the kitchen being able to, you know, with recipe development and all that kind of stuff. So, but yeah, that's the, that, that, that's what one of the things that's always drawn me to the food game is I, is I love the, I love being in the kitchen. What kind of strategies are you employing for name recognition? You talk about how that's the game for you. What kind of things are you doing to achieve that? Well, I got the look, I have the social media presence that I'm that I'm trying to you know pursue. You know, it's the basics in there. My I have a my oldest daughter is a sophomore in college, and she kind of helps me with my Instagram because. Might as well have someone who actually really truly understands right. Instagram help me with Instagram, and I've I've done some TikTok and that type of thing, uh, but a, a a lot of it is just simply, and I know it's it's just time. I need uh, it's a lot of it's going to be time because I have to get the product out there. I have to get people to taste it, get people to, and it is. I mean, it's so fulfilling when I see when I know that this is. That someone placed an order who received it as a gift. Yeah, that because means, they come okay, back. Yes. So they, they never knew about dueling grandmas. They received the gift of dueling grandmas, and now they're gifting it to someone else. That tells me that I'm doing everything right. Everything's going correctly. Yeah, for sure. I was on your website, and can you describe a millionaire shortbread in case the listener doesn't know? Millionaire shortbread is a little piece of mana from heaven it's uh grandma mckenzie shortbread which is the base of all of my recipes topped with homemade caramel yes it's homemade i've made a lot of batches of caramel <laughs> and then topped with chocolate and it is the it's an absolute decadent delicious treat it is like when you hold the cookie the chocolate's hard on top so the the caramel is sort of pooled in the middle of the cookie but then you bite into it and you get that layer of the salty shortbread, the caramel, the chocolate, kind of all in that perfect bite. It's yes. it's really delicious. Now, is the fact that your cookies are so fresh and basically just butter, sugar, and flour, is that difficult in terms of the packaging and how long they last and that sort of thing? Yeah, and that's part of why I've – they freeze beautifully. So that's – I mean, you can – I mean, they freeze beautifully. So with that regards, they work great with the concept that I'm doing with this, you know, with the sh shipping and gifting because they, by the time that when they receive the customer receives them, they're going to be in perfect condition. Yep. 
they're not designed to be shelf stable, as in sell them to the grocery stores and have them sit on the shelf for six right. months before they sell. That's And I don't want it to be designed like that either. I want it to be the... Want it to be the way it's supposed to be. When you bite into one of my shortbread cookies, you're biting into shortbread the way shortbread is supposed to taste. When you think about how that's supposed to taste, do you have like a taste memory of being a kid and having one for the first time? No, not per se. I mean, we had, I, mean, I remember always having it, always loving it, always, you know, yeah. looking forward to it. And it's always a treat. And it's been fun, like with, uh, uh, either just customers or farmers market customers and stuff, and so so many people will come by and just go, "I love shortbread," and it is a simple thing. There's only there's you know in the basic shortbread there's four ingredients: butter, flour, sugar, and then a pinch of salt. Yeah, but if you do not put those four ingredients together correctly, and then bake them correctly you don't get the right product. Out. Right. Right. You mentioned that you just love what you're doing. Are there parts of it that you don't love? Like, is there something you just dread or you get to it last every day? Well, no one likes paperwork. <laughs> no, they really don't. <laughs> or taxes. My God. Yeah, yeah. Just that is the worst. But I, 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 I kind of break up everything. So it, it my days flow. Because I don't, I don't overwhelm myself with one one little task, and I can always go back and take care of something. And I always, I I can walk away from something and then come back to it. So is it hard for you to like take a vacation, or what happens when like you're not on? Yeah, it's right now, it's non-existent. Like uh, my son goes to school out out east, and you know I had you know going to making the road trip to pick him up. And then bring them back home. Just it was, you know, two days of driving out there. Hello, how you doing? Pick you up, and two days driving back because I could not afford to be away. Right. And but I knew that going into it, I knew that that you know you're going to have to make some sacrifices. And one of the sacrifices I I was going to have to make was I have to work this until I can afford to take a vacation. Right. And, but as I said before, too, it's this to me, it's not work. And do you anticipate that the way you'll get there is to like eventually bring on help or would you consider like going to a co-packer or doing something like that? Yeah. My, my thought right now is to do go the co-packing route. Uh, the facility that I'm subleasing my kitchen space from right now, it's a uh, creative catering by Molly and she is fabulous. Her facilities are fabulous. Her, she runs a great business. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better situation. And I think in many respects, I think it's providential that I ended up there because when I got hit with the Jason show, uh, if I was in a different facility, I would, there's no way I would have been able to fulfill what happened with me. But Molly does co-packing as part of her business. And so I've had, you know, tiny conversations. And and right now I'm not at a point where it would go that way, but it's nice to know that hopefully as I grow and I get to that point, I know what kind of business she runs and I would trust her completely with 
if she wanted to do it, if we came up to an agreement. I trust her completely with being able to maintain the integrity of the product. Where's Molly's Kitchen? It's in Little Canada. Okay. Um, when you look around and you see other entrepreneurs, is there anybody out there that inspires you? That's a tough one to question. I think everyone kind of does. Yeah. You know, I mean. Fair enough. I mean, uh, like your podcast, I love listening to entrepreneurial stories of what they've done and how they've done it. And and throughout all, all different types of industries. So that's always kind of intrigued me of, you know, what they're doing and how they're doing it and how they're finding success. And the, the key behind all of it is just simply, is just passion and drive. And I know my product's good. Yeah, I definitely hear that from so, you. So, but even though I know it's good, I still... Every every single batch that I make, I still kind of, you know, I, there's still a little bit of in me. Am I doing this right? You know, and I know I'm doing it right. I've been, right. I've made at this point in time, you know, about forty thousand shortbread cookies. It's, <laughs> I, I I know what I'm doing, and it, it but, uh, but yeah. So the, basically, the stories behind everyone, I I find inspirational. Has the um increase of inflation the increase of cost of goods has that impacted you yet and how do you account for that because it's definitely you... yeah it's definitely having an impact right now and i'm at the point now or i'm looking at what i've what i've i'm not raising my prices because i mean i'm already at a I'm, it's a premium price point so i'm i'm taking the hit myself right now but because I'm too, I'm too new into this, and I, and I, it's just not, it, it just, it's, I, under, you know, every, everyone knows your prices will increase eventually, but right, right now I'm just taking the hit. Plus, I also have to know that, I mean, like, you know, butter's gone up at least yeah. 50, 50, 60 percent from, you know, eight months ago, and my hope is, is that things will settle down, and that this isn't the new norm. It may go, it probably won't go down to where it was but i i can't foresee that these prices are going to maintain at this level now if they do maintain for another six months at this level then i'll have to readjust but and hopefully uh you know my customers will understand i think most people understand that right it's it's not you know that I have expenses. <laughs> do you do a lot of research and development and are there like new shortbread ideas or flavors? Yeah, I'm constantly having fun little tinkering. Uh, I had a couple flavors last summer that I did. I did a strawberry daiquiri and a pina colada. Yum. And yeah, they were both really good. And so I might bring those back again for the summer. I might try something else. Uh, I just just introduced Wee Bites on my website, which is, uh, it's a classic shortbread, but it's a, it's a smaller cookie. So it's in a little bag. So you can just grab a bunch. So it's, that's not necessarily a new, new recipe, et cetera. I have a bunch of other thoughts and recipes that I want, that I, that I plan on trying out and doing in, in the future. And then I also, once 
things get more established, my my intention is to is to probably, is to replicate everything with a gluten free line. Oh, do you feel like you could do that and have it taste as good? I think I could. I've I haven't played with the gluten free flours in a while, but you know, a few years back, I was tinkering in you know in the kitchen at home and playing with it, and I made you know made chocolate chip cookies that were gluten free that you would have you'd have to be told they were gluten-free to know they were gluten-free because they're, they, and, and so you can manipulate that flour just right. I, th- I haven't done it with the shortbread yet, but I think I feel confident that I could make that work. If I can't, I won't, I won't produce the product because yeah. that's, that's number one. But I well, think I'm I looking can. forward to that. That sounds delicious. Yeah. I, I think that'll be a fun market segment too, that, to, you know, it's small, but, but there'll be people that'll be interested in, in that Avenue. So besides ordering online, are there markets that you'll be at this summer where people can find you? Yeah, my primary market is the Minneapolis Farmer's Market. Uh, I was there all last summer, and I'm going to be there all this year. I'll be there coming up right real soon, right around yeah. the corner. Uh, that is probably Saturdays and Sundays. Not there every Saturday, every Sunday, but I'll be there pretty much there every weekend. There's other markets that I that I that I do uh, periodically looking into different things. I've developed a little relationship with Seven Vines Vineyard in Delwood. They use my grandma Mackenzie's shortbread in one of their tasting pairings. And so, and they, they have a little uh, market there too. Uh Uh, So I'm, I'm, I, I am pursuing and looking at, at various different markets. And then I'm also trying to now as hopefully COVID starts to settle down a little bit here and life becomes a little bit more back to normal is a little bit more of that corporate market where, uh, cause I remember in our old catering business, we did a lot of, uh, you know, afternoon business meetings, which right. bringing cookies and such, such to get a little bit of that market. Plus I'm also looking into more of like the, uh, customer appreciation aspect of it. Yeah. I've talked to a couple of different companies with regards to, you know, uh, making like a, like a smaller gift pack, like three shortbreads and yep. sending them out to their clients as a thank you, you know, or hello. Uh, I've, I've talked to a couple different realtors with regards to that. I've also talked to uh, event planners and wedding planners, you know, for people who are looking for a different, you know, my niece isn't the only one. I've actually done a couple of weddings and it's not, I'm not, right. you know, there's other brides that, that are going, I don't need to pay $8 for a slice of wedding cake. Let's give my guests something else. Something delicious. Yeah. I love it. Well, Ken, it's been fun to talk to you. I'm happy that I had a small hand in helping oh, thank move you. your needle. Cause that's really, it makes me happy as an entrepreneur. When I would get a big order from somebody, it would be so thrilling. So yes. I'm glad that that worked out and I look forward to running into you this summer. Yeah. Wonderful. I really appreciate it. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ken. We'll talk soon and you can get the shortbread cookies at duelinggrandmashortbread.com. Duelinggrandmas.com. Yeah. They're fantastic. You should just like run, run to place your order. Don't walk (laughs) because they're that good. All right. We'll talk to you soon, Ken. Thank you.